Welcome to VIV Today, the podcast from the newsroom of business in Vancouver. I'm Kirk LaPointe, publisher and editor-in-chief. There's no question these are increasingly uncertain times financially, what with inflation at a four-decade high and interest rates rising to combat them and push the economy into a likely recession in the months ahead. New research indicates Canadians are quite concerned about their financial control, about their confidence in managing their everyday finances. The Interact firm and a not-for-profit financial literacy firm, Conscious Economics, have partnered to create a Mindfulness and Money for Canadians digital learning program to build better financial awareness. I'm going to get a taste of it now with Rhiannon Rosalind from Conscious Economics. She joins me for today's discussion. Good to see you. Thanks for, for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Kirk. It's an important uh, conversation. Yeah, it's an important conversation that's uh, prompted by a lot of anxiety. Tell me about the anxiety that Canadians yeah. have. Well, let's just put it into context. Finance has always been one of the number one stressors for Canadians. Uh, um, but of course, coming through the pandemic, going into holiday season, as you mentioned, interest rates um, you know, going up inflation there's so much uncertainty and even just the fact you know that you're walking into you know the the pharmacy and you're not seeing certain products on the shelves these are all things that are leading canadians to feel really uncertain and anxious and that anxiety leads to people feeling less confident about what they want to do with their finances where they're going to put their investments um, and so it's just uh it's a snowball effect and as we go into holiday season which is always typically a stressful time, maybe not so much in December when we're having all the fun, but when January, when the bills come, it's usually um, a pretty difficult time. So we are in just the perfect storm right now this year where Canadians are really feeling the pinch and the pressure. And that is why Interact and Conscious Economics have taken this step to create this national program, Mindfulness and Money. Yeah, we didn't talk about the pandemic. Um, did the pandemic alter things too? The pandemic had a huge impact. I mean, small business owners in particular, which Mindfulness and Money has two iterations. One was for small business owners and entrepreneurs. The other was for everyday Canadians, um, small business owners, women, young people, um, you know, people that were on the front lines, everybody was impacted by this and impacted economically in some way. Um, so it's absolutely a ripple effect. And not to mention the fact that the pandemic just took a strain on all of our mental health and well-being. So we're coming at a a deficit already. We're feeling a little bit worn out. We're feeling burnt out. And now we have to watch things, you know, happening as they are within the economy. And it just makes it, you know, that much more, um, I don't want to say unbearable, but at moments it kind of feels like that for some. Mm -hmm. It's, um, it's also, as you say, not terribly surprising in the conditions, but um, pretty well everything that we do is based on past practice. You know, we, we didn't, do something well we thought earlier in life we're concerned about it now how much of these concerns that are being picked up in this study have to do with the fact that money's always been an issue for people and handling of it has always been difficult 
You're absolutely right. And I kind of say that the pandemic just brought to the surface issues that were always there and just sort of brought them up to the forefront. And money has always been an issue. I've been in the financial literacy space uh, for over a decade and working with all different Canadians. Um, And it really doesn't matter what your income bracket is or what your background is. There are stresses and anxieties around money. And so this particular program, Mindfulness and Money, we take a very, very different approach traditionally you think of financial literacy and it's like saving, investing, budgeting. That's not it. You kind of nailed it when you said your past behaviors can predict how you are going to react in particular financial situations. So this program is actually going much more deep into the subconscious blocks that people experience. So what is their conditioning? What is their emotional and social programming? And how does that impact the way that they feel about their money and their financial confidence? You know, where do um, where do people get their regret from concerning money? I, you know, it's really interesting because many, many people know all the basic rational tools. They understand, you know, should be bringing in more than you're putting out. You, you know, there's different ways that you can save and invest, yet we don't apply them. And then there's a guilt and there's a shame. Like, I know I should be doing these things, but I'm not doing them. Maybe there's something wrong with me. And a lot of us, we posture and we hide these concerns. And it's that feeling of, you know, you're sweating up at night in bed, worrying about things, but not actually talking about them or doing anything about it. So financial avoidance being a huge, huge thing. Sometimes people don't even want to open their bills. And I know probably even in hearing this, people are listening and thinking, oh God, yeah, that's me, but I'm never going to admit that to anybody. And this is exactly the issue. And so if we don't start actually talking about some of these things and realizing that there are tools that we can use, in particular mindfulness practices that can help us to actually uncover what are some of the roots to these behaviors that are making us suffer. They don't feel good. They're not good for our wallet. They're not good for our well-being. Yet we just feel like this is inevitable. We have to live like this. And societally, we are conditioned this way too. It's like, ah, money's a stress and we all joke about it. Does it have to be? And this is where we want to get into why and what are the beliefs that are down there in our subconscious, whether they be personal, you know, from your family conditioning or societally. And I can give you an example. I always grew up hearing that women, there was a a wage gap and that women earn less than men. Okay, that's socially programmed. That's something. And never mind whether it's true or not. When I was going into interviews and when I was going into sort of, you know, navigate trying to get raises, I would just figure I was going to earn less. And so I wouldn't actually even try, even if I was doing better or outperforming or whatever else, I just sort of accepted that this is the way it is. And it doesn't have to be that way. That's one little example. But the program really goes into these things. It's really simple. You can do it privately. You don't have to talk to anybody, you know, or announce your deepest, darkest shadows around money. But it's a place that you can go that you can start to actually uncover some of these um, blocks that are within yourself. And we all have them no matter what or who we are or what we do. Okay, so you gave me the woman's story. I'll give you the man's story. The man's story is that we ought to be able to have great control of our money. We ought to be supremely confident. We ought to have uh, all the capacity in order to do that. And so if you're a man and you don't have that, there's a whole other kind of shame. There's a whole other kind of anxiety that arises from that. And because it, it, it practically 
um, practically affects your self-image and your, you know, the, the sense of masculinity you have. Yeah, I and I think that I've heard that as a common narrative as well. And I think back to the pandemic and I think to how close we all are living on such an edge. You know, so many of us, no matter what our income bracket, living paycheck to paycheck. And there's this, you know, consumer driven culture where everything is about what we have and what we own and, you know, the cars and the house and the this and the everything else. And so many of us are in a precarious position and it's just, you know, one sort of illness or one, you know, economic downturn away from being in a little bit of trouble. And this is hard. It's hard to admit. And like I said, the older we get, the longer we've been posturing that we've got it figured out or it's all okay, the less likely we are to actually do something about it. And so we end up, you know, taking these worries to the grave, so to speak. It's like we live with them and we suffer. And for us at Interact and, and Conscious Economics, we don't want people to suffer anymore. We really believe that it's time for the new economy. And when I say new economy, I mean, let's rethink what it feels like to have a relationship with money, to be working in the labor force. Let's think about well-being. Let's think about the well-being of the planet. Let's start to really uncover some of the things that have been blocking us generationally. And let's do something different. And that's what this program is all about. Let's address it. Let's do something different. Uh, I mean, I could go on and on and asking you about how one builds confidence with money. But I'm going to focus in on one area. Because I, you know, I think that this is where people do get hung up. Generally speaking, it's around the presence of debt in their lives mm-hmm. that, that some people just cannot handle any debt, whatever, and others are quite comfortable in dealing with a lot of it. And some of our, some people are actually quite comfortable in dealing with probably too much of it. it what what is the relationship between debt and confidence about money management? It definitely comes back to conditioning. So again, what we do with our program is we have a financial therapist. I know probably folks have not heard that before, but it comes down to conditioning. So let's take that example of debt and let's look at one person who's quite comfortable with that. Maybe they grew up with a family where they saw, you know, their parents leverage things in order to make particular investments and that paid off and they were successful. So they may have a higher risk tolerance because that's something that they witnessed. Whereas you could have somebody else who lived in a family where debt was the devil. And if you were in debt, that was wrong. And, you know, we look at different generations and we see certain conditions. So the baby boomers have a different take on debt than millennials, than Gen Z. So again, it's really understanding our programs, our conditioning, the societal conditioning of the times. And those are the things that are actually influencing more than than anything else. And I'll come back to a personal story. I grew up in a household where, you know, there was, stru- there was financial struggle growing up. And I watched a lot of uncertainty and I watched my family work really hard, multiple jobs, but not really able to make ends meet. Um, And it's interesting for me because I ended up feeling as though finance or money was bad. It was a negative thing. It was something that was going to always have to be really hard work and it was never really going to add up to much. And I had to do a lot of undoing in terms of that programming because it was showing up in my life years later in the way that I was running my business and doing everything else. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I can, I'll, I'll share our story too. We might as well, we're, we're doing therapy together here today, Rhiannon. Um, yeah. uh, I grew up uh, in, in poverty as well. Um, we, you know, we struggled with money, but probably the other side happened for me, which is that once I came into uh, a job that had some security to it, that paid reasonably well, I stopped, um, I stopped being all that mindful about money for a certain mm -hmm. period of my life. I always thought there would be money. There would, there would always be enough to keep, you know, to pay my rent or to pay my mortgage or to pay my bills. And, um, and I have to say that in my, my, the early part of my adulthood, when I was earning some money at the start, um, I kind of felt like all of my concerns were gone, were wiped away. So there's another side of that, isn't there? There's this complacency yes. side around money. 100%. And although I lived in a precarious situation, my grandmother was very abundant in her mindset. So she would spend on all kinds of things, even though we might not be able to pay the hydro bill. So I mm -hmm. found myself having this sort of, I would oscillate between an abundance mindset, like, oh, it'll always be there. And then also a lack mentality when I would realize that I was overspending or I wasn't paying enough attention. So it doesn't have to be that we have one conditioned way. Um, there's a spectrum and we can oscillate between these spaces. It's quite complex and it's it's so fascinating to me that we've been, you know, thinking about money and, and talking about money forever, you know, and, and yet we don't talk about this part of it, the emotional and social conditioning aspect and how much that drives our behavior. Do we, um, I, I know, I, I know the answer to this question, but uh, I'll ask it anyway. Um, do we need uh, to really start working with very young people um, to teach them? Uh, it's not just financial literacy, but it's also a kind of a, a comfort about finance. Well, obviously, you know the answer. You already know it. And we, okay. we all know that we have to be doing these things younger. But who I'm actually more concerned about right now is actually those that are established and are in a spot where they don't feel comfortable to ask for the help anymore because it's too late. And I'm putting air quotes up for those that are just listening on audio. And that's the real issue. And that mm -hmm. will be passed down to the younger generations. And that's the other thing about this. You can have all of the financial literacy access with all of the tools and rational resources of what to do. And you can still be doing something entirely different because your conditioning and your programming has you know, been wired differently. So I think the best way we can help our younger generations is actually us older generations getting really real about this and making change. And just like in any wellness, you know, therapy scenario, we can get better. Our brains are malleable. You know, neuroplasticity is a real thing. And this is all embedded into this program, which is just, again, so different. And I'm so honored that Interact was willing to, you know, put their resources into helping us develop a program like this because it's unlike anything I've seen before. Yeah. Uh, interesting that Interact was a partner in this because of in Interact actually is essentially uh, the uh, the firm that I think keeps people from running up credit bills because they, they, you got to use the money that's in the bank right now. Um, are, are there uh, specifics in this program where where there's kind of like pillars of what are elements of financial uh, literacy and confidence? Mm -hmm. There are certain things you say, you know, 
you deal with debt this way, you deal with your financial planning this way, you deal with your budget in this way. Is there are there some yeah. real do's in the field? Yeah. So one of the modules, we actually take people through the most common barriers or blocks to financial confidence. And so we take people step by step through what those are so that they can see if this is something that is actually looping in their subconscious. And so it's these little chattering thoughts that are in our mind that we, you know, we know they're there, but we don't really think much about them. But 90% of our behavior is happening because of our subconscious. So that's that's one area that I would really say is beneficial. And the other piece is just to reframe, you know, when we think about saving, when we think about investing, when we think about actually wanting to get more financially confident or deal with some of these stressors in our lives, it is an act of self-love and self-care. So it's right. saying instead of suffering and suffering in silence, and I mean, marriages are breaking up over these things and business partners are having issues and and like children and parents, like it's the number one issue that is impacting all people. And so, and, but yet we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to address it. And we actually don't really believe that we can get any better. Hence, we don't do anything. And so I just, I, I really know how much stress and, and hurt this has caused me in my life. And I know that I've also been able to benefit from using these tools. And so I just swear by it that step by step, it doesn't have to be something major. We can start to actually look at what's happening in our mind um, and in our emotionality. And we can change that with presence, with mindfulness, with putting the right messages in, in there. Yeah. yeah. I know from teaching that uh, every, every education program has uh, desired outcomes. Um, what, are, what are the outcomes that you desire for the program like this? We want people to build real financial confidence, not false financial confidence. I've, I heard a, you know, a, a traditional financial expert tell me a bunch of do's and don'ts. Um, that's not it. We want people to have an awakening around money and their money mindset. And we want them to actually have tools that help them not only with money, but these tools will help them with everyday life. So understanding how to regulate your nervous system, for instance, is part of the program. When you are in a situation where it's holiday season, there's lights and everything's going and you're like just thinking about, oh my gosh, I've got to get gifts for this person and gifts for that person and you're unregulated, you start to make decisions, you're swiping that credit card, you're caught up in the moment rather than coming to presence and thinking, it's been a hard year, my business is suffering, this and that, maybe I can not go overboard maybe instead we can talk and do you know uh, a one gift you know they call it secret santa or whatever or maybe we can just have a nice meal together and be honest with each other about how we're really doing financially this year and what feels good so there's lots of little tips and tools that in this program this is what we want canadians to walk away with and we also think that this is going to build the foundational blocks for a new economy is truly what we believe Okay, so the two of us have probably helped sell this pretty well uh, for 20 minutes. Um, where do you go to sign up? 
Yeah. So you can go to consciouseconomics.ca um, and it's right there. Mindfulness and money. It's free. It's very, very easy. Like I said, you can do it in the privacy of your own home. You don't need to tell anyone. Um, no one's watching you. Um, it's self-paced and the curriculum is really, really accessible. And instead of traditional financial, you know, literacy experts, um, it's really taught by everyday community people and entrepreneurs, people with real stories, real expertise. Um, so I really find that that is another piece. It's um, part of Interact's uh, research over the last couple of weeks has shown that Canadians actually want to learn from more relatable sources as well. They want to hear the real stories like you and I are sharing. They don't want to hear from the perfect person in the suit and tie, the banker that's got it all figured out because you just feel like you're never going to be that. And so there's this disconnect, um, in particular for millennials and women and, and other groups. It's really important that we're seeing people that look like us, that we're hearing stories that are similar to the way we feel. And that's exactly how this program has been executed. Well, it's been a great conversation. Um, I've shared more with you than I have with almost anybody. So there we are. Um, and you have yeah, with me, it was, it was fair. Um, good to talk to you, Rhiannon. Uh, thanks for your help on this, and I look forward to hearing how this program works. Thank you so much, Kirk. Rhiannon Rosalind is with Conscious Economics. I'm Kirk LaPointe, publisher and editor-in-chief of BIV. Thanks a lot for watching.